Welcome to I Finally Get It. Today we sit down with Kurt Boudreau and he shares the importance of aligning your career with your true authentic self. In studio with me as always is Dustin, our producer. I'm your host, Jeff Martin. And here's my conversation with Kurt Boudreau. Let's get it. I realized that I could be in a in an organization where I could be all of me all the time. You know, I worked for years as a business leader and I was different when I was at church or with my family. Yeah. And I finally realized that wait, no, the person that God's made me to be needs to be that person in everything I do. Yeah. And while that seems simple, it was a big aha moment for me. Yeah, that that's huge, actually, because it's exhausting trying to. Yeah. I don't believe in fake it till you make it. Right. Because it's so exhausting if we put on this face for my old high school buddies, which yeah. we do naturally. Yeah. You know, put on a face for our, our friends at church. It's exhausting trying to play a persona or a role. Absolutely. And I felt like I was always robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And then not that I felt like I was lying. But I just felt like I had to show up in different character depending on the role I needed to play. And so I wasn't ever in any of those cases being who I was truly your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That is huge. So, so where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Acadiana uh, yeah. around Sunset. I uh, went to Westminster, went to UL, got an engineering degree, uh, worked for a couple businesses uh, here in town. I go to a non-denominational church in town and um, really just always loved leadership, always loved um, achievement, always loved helping others. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to do that in each of the facets that I was in. I thought I was supposed to be something different in each of those categories. Why? Uh, Why do you you feel that way? Probably some inadequacy, some insecurity in my my part. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been smart. And at times that was good. And at times that was I was a nerd, you know, so you start to pick up these these habits, these tendencies. Well, I've got to protect that part of me or I've got to protect this part of me. You get to do that for long enough and then you don't really know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. That is huge discovery. How long were you an engineer? I graduated in 03. I had a lawn service. So I was very always entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. Um, ended up selling that. And then I operated as an engineer for about four years. And then I got into sales engineering. So I did that for almost 10 years, industrial uh, clients in Lake Charles and Baton Rouge, yeah. um, chemical plants, refineries, you got it, got selling it. pumps and mixers. And, and you liked it or I love, I love the challenge of it. I was, I was always an introvert until I got into sales and realized, man, I, I really like working with people. I really like interacting with people. And while I was selling a product, I felt like I was also kind of selling myself. Yeah. And so I think maybe that was part of where this, well, who do they want me to be Correct. came in? That is very yeah. interesting. So tell me about your family. Uh, you, you have uh, you have wife, kids, all that? Yeah. So uh, I was married uh, for 20 years huh? this last April, and we're going on 21. Wow. Uh, my wife is named Wendy. I've got three kids. So uh, my oldest, Hunter, is going to be 18 uh, next week. That's been is crazy. Is he still in I, high school? Or? He's in high school. Got it. Yep. So he's a senior this year. He's uh, talking to colleges about swimming. He's a swimmer. Mm. And so he's uh, trying to figure out where God wants him to go. And and then I've got a 14-year-old daughter, Annalise, and a nine-year-old daughter, Charlie. That's great. Charlotte. We call her Charlie. Oh, got it. I love yeah. it. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. 
And so you've mentioned church a couple times. Yep. Uh, t- tell me about your your life in the church and how that's started. Yeah, so I, I was a pastor's kid. Uh, my dad was a, a pastor growing up. When I was growing up, we went to a couple of different churches. And uh, when I met my wife, we came from uh, completely different church backgrounds. We knew we had to, had to do something that was going to work for both of us. So we yeah. kind of church hopped for a while, a while and we found a place that really fit both of us. And about six months later, the church closed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that nice? And uh, we ended up at Trinity Bible Church and really just found a, a family of believers that we could connect with. After a number of years, um, I got uh, invited to be a deacon. And I served as a deacon uh, for five years over over a period of about eight. And then uh, I was leading the guys and uh, doing some other eldering things. We're an elder-led church. And so I was invited to be an elder back in 18. And so I've been a, an elder at the sure. church since uh, 2018. Yep. So this kind of both your engineering leadership roles there and your your uh, leadership roles in the church kind of guide you up to C12. So tell us about the, the moment, I assume it has to do when you weren't feeling like your whole authentic self and then you you found C12 or t- tell me how yeah, that Yeah, I, I would say the struggle was probably f- five to eight years. Oh, wow. Um, we had a miscarriage. Um, I realized at that time that it's kind of the first tragic thing in my life. And I had no idea how to love my wife well through that. Through that, yeah. Um, I was a workaholic. Um, I was in, I was really married to my work. Um, and in that couple of months, I realized I don't know what to do. Yeah. I met a man who uh, started asking me questions, became a mentor for me. Over several years, he basically said, look, I'm going to invest in you and then I'm going to expect you to invest in others. And so that was really early on in the conversation. And over time, I'm like, well, how do I do that? Around that same time, I was um, I'd served as a deacon for a while and I knew that God was calling to me to more. I knew that there was this segmented life that I was living and it wasn't an immoral, like it wasn't that, it was just, I wasn't whole. And I asked my pastor about, you know, should I go to seminary? In my mind, ministry happened in a church or a nonprofit. That was it. Yeah, sure. I didn't feel like that was right. I pursued a number of different angles. I started looking for other jobs. I ended up finding another job and that job led me back to LinkedIn which led me to see some posts by a peer of mine who I had worked with probably 10 years before that. And I got introduced to C12. And I'm like, what is this? After a few conversations, I realized, wait, this is a place where I could bring all of my leadership, business, and ministry desires into one thing. Yeah, yeah. I could actually be the same guy in all aspects. Now, had to learn how to do that. It wasn't like just, oh, this is the place and and now I can do that. It's it's yeah. been a, a few years of learning. That's, since, that's beautiful. Since I found the, the and, door. And there are no mistakes. I always say, you know, you get where you're going, you look back and you figure out, oh, that's why I had to go through that. Or, you know, yeah. It, oh yeah. It, it's really a beautiful discovery. But there are no coincidences. You know, that's right. I mean, it's just it happens for a reason. Tell me more about C twelve, because I'm intrigued. Sure. Yeah. Um so C12 is a Christian peer advisory group, business owners that are doing a million a year or more in revenue. 
um, that have some employees, uh, generally five to 10 employees or more. And these guys come together once a month for a board meeting. I, I facilitate, I lead that board meeting, I invite and and protect that board. But really, it's peer advisory. It's not Kurt advisory. Yeah. And so we do that once a month. And uh, and the guys that have joined have said, "Man, this is this is what I was looking for. I just didn't know it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know one of our other guests uh, introduced us. Marcus Meir yeah. is in in Absolutely. your. Uh, Peer reward. That's amazing. So I'll I'll make sure that we put the information so anybody who's interested could reach out to you. Absolutely. But that's beautiful. So I really want to stick back with this authenticity, you know, because that's the lesson. Yeah. Is being yourself when you're with anybody. And so what are some of the lessons you've learned and, and how has your life changed since you, you really have been able to be Kurt wherever yeah. you are? Yeah. I mean, it's a Freedom? Uh, is it energy? Uh, you, are you not as exhausted? Share, well, share that with. absolutely. Er, early on uh, in my C12 journey, it was somewhat exhausting because it was all new. Yeah. I was breaking free from norms that I had, I called them ruts, that I had just worn out. And so part of the process was getting out of those ruts and actually becoming me. But the neat thing is I no longer worry about what I'm going to talk about, what I'm yeah. there to talk about. Correct. So I would go on sales calls and it was all about pumps or mixers or motors or whatever the topic was. And we didn't talk about family. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about um, spiritual things. And I'd go to church and we didn't talk about work. We talked <laughs> yeah. about spiritual things, you know, and we talked about your soul and we talked about your, your life and sometimes marriage. And of course at home it's kids and I had kids in diapers. And, and so it was just different. And so I, I didn't feel like I had a place where I could talk about all of the things that mattered to me. Well, now I show up to a member's office or we're in a peer group and we might pray for a family member and then talk about finances correct? and then talk about this leadership challenge and then talk about, well, what's God saying about that? All in the span of 15 minutes. Yeah. And none of that is out of bounds, right? It's, it's, I'm a whole person. You're a whole person. All of those things matter. Why shouldn't we have a place where we can actually talk about all the things that matter? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So let me, let me ask you this. So you have what they used to say, Joe, the plumber, <laughs> you know, just Joe Blow, yeah. you know, it owns business USA. How did, how did they show up as their true authentic self when they have to be the leader of this business? So, so how do you serve people to yeah. get them where it, you got? It's hard. Yeah. Um, I read a, uh, a um, article recently that said that uh, 70% of business owners, uh, CEOs, executives have thought about quitting mm-hmm. in the last several years. Right. And then they uh, they interviewed their direct reports and said and they were talking about well-being. What's their well-being? Of the, of this executive that they interviewed and mm-hmm. they said, Oh, well, they're doing great. And so there were 30, there was a 30 or 40% difference between what the owner said or the executive said and what the people that he leads said. Yeah. And so what that's telling me is people aren't coming in and being their real self. They're not. Yeah. And the problem is when you come in and you lead people, you have to be inspiring. You have to have certain characteristics. Well, that's great, but who do you share the real you with? 
Correct. Right. And Correct. so there's this phrase, lonely at the top. Yeah. That really plays out when, you know, I can't go to my small group because they're not going to understand. I can't go to my wife or my kids. They're not going to understand what I'm dealing with. I can't go to my and my employees and talk to them about the challenges. They want to make sure that they're going to get a paycheck. Yeah, they're going to get worried. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so what do you do? And most people just bottle it up yeah. or they find some sort of distraction, some sort of vice to hide it in. Yep. And, that's exactly um, right. and that's never good long term. Right. This is a place where you, you know, you can come and and be the real you in a group of your peers and find that. And what happens is when you become real with them and you unload some of those issues, you get answers to your questions, now you can be a better leader with those that you lead. Yeah. And I think that disparity would go down. I love that. I think you're 100% right. And the work you're doing is great. I just, I have this philosophy, of, I didn't make this up, but love people where they are. Yeah. But you can't love anybody where they are if you don't even know who you are. If you're, if you're not the one right. who's actually loving them. Right. That's just amazing. Because you don't, don't you know the leaders that you and I deal with, they want the people that report to them to be who they are. Absolutely. Genuine, authentic people. Absolutely. But you get the people at the top and it's just, they take it on themselves. Well, and that's the thing about leadership. Whatever leadership you model is what those who follow you are going to model. That's right. right. And so if you can't be real with anybody, then how can you expect your employees to do that? How can you expect them to be honest with you or their peers if you're not being honest with them or your peers? That's right. I have a, a few members that talk about imposter syndrome. For sure. It's, it's right? real. Yeah. And, and just this idea of, man, I don't I don't have it all together like people think I do. And yet they have it better together than they think they do. Right. Always. And so they just Always. need someone else to say, you know what? You're not broken. You're normal. Yeah. Uh, correct, it's correct. it's normal to feel that way when you bottle it up and you hold it back and you're not getting the the encouragement from people that understand what you're what you're thinking, what you're going through. That's amazing. That's great. So what's next for C twelve and and your cohorts? What do you call them? Yeah. So your, we call them business forums. Okay. Yeah. We're building our first forum. Uh, to 12. Mm -hmm. um, and then we'll begin building a second forum as the Lord leads. Um, I've got a territory here in Lafayette, um, Alexandria and Lake Charles. Nice. And so I've been praying lately as this group fills up uh, and I make plans for a second group in, in 24 to uh, say, God, where do you want it? Yeah. Do you yeah. want it here in Lafayette? Do you want it in one of these other areas? And your groups get together face to face? Face to face once yep. a month mm -hmm. in a, in a boardroom type setting. Okay, how long nine is to, the session? Nine to four. Nine to four. Oh, it's an all-day deal. It's an all-day deal, yeah. I guess they they become friendly and they start trading with each other and yeah, everything else. Yeah, it's, it's neat. You'd say, man, I can't I can't do a whole day. Like, whoa, wow. What's, what they've experienced is they come and do that. They get answers to their questions. They get relief from this, this weight of leadership, yep. and it gives them more time. So this summer, they said, man, we need more time together. You know, <laughs> they get the, the once a month business forum all together. Yeah. And then once a month, I meet with each of them individually, individually yeah. Yeah. right? To just talk about what we learned, what we're, what we're 
struggling with, who we need to be connected to, what's God saying about that, those sorts of things. And they said, no, we need more structured interaction with each other. It's not enough. So uh, we put together a, a stand in breakfast. So we meet once a month at Dwyer's. Nice. If you can make it, you show up. There's no requirement to be there. Um, and so that's been great. And then we recently, uh, back in October, we did a retreat. So we did yeah. a 36 hour get away with each other. And that was phenomenal. So really just building the camaraderie, building the relationship between these guys. Yeah, and now yeah. they're starting businesses together. They're doing deals together. They're having uh, conversations. They, they are, they're doing things that I don't even know about. Yeah, correct. You know, which is beautiful. Absolutely. That's what I wanted. That, I wanted exactly it to right. be organic and I wanted these guys, I lead it and I get to be a part of it. Um, but it's not about me. It's, a, yeah. it's about them. Yeah, and that, that just proves the point that fellowship, you know, is, is so we crave it. Absolutely. And and when you get introduced to some like minded folks, then, you know, you want to go and engage in other ways and other things. Absolutely. I love that you got people that are starting businesses together. Yeah. But but that is amazing. So the fellowship is maybe one of the biggest parts. What are some of the other parts? Obviously, we're we're learning about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're fellowship and enjoying each other's company. You're giving them an outlet, you know, st- for people to talk to. Right. And, and I would, I guess you're learning about business along the way, too. It, it really is. It's a business forum. Sure. So sure. I would say uh, 80% of what we talk about is business yeah. and leadership mm-hmm. and 20% is everything else. Now, what they value differs between depending on where they are in life, yeah, that's where, right. where that's their right. business is, where their marriage is, where their you know, what their kids are doing. It's a big deal there. But we've got a MBA level business curriculum that we follow. And so we talk about leadership development. We talk about training versus development. We talk about strategic planning. We talk about executing planning, yeah, yeah. cybersecurity. I mean, we're talking about real business topics. We've got a curriculum that drives the conversation or that leads it's into a, the com- a year long curriculum or is it it's, longer? It's, we repeat things every few years as necessary, it. but it's not like go through the curriculum and you graduate, start over. Understood. It's okay. a, an evergreen curriculum. Got it. Got it. Got it. You deal with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. Give me a business tip. This is something that you would tell anybody a real quick business tip. Yeah. Uh, don't lead alone. Yeah. I, I mean, that's uh, that's really the core of what we do. Peer advisory, uh, camaraderie, um, the, the fellowship I and mean, all of those things involve multiple people. What my uh, business owners that I've, I work with have said is and it's it's lonely at the top. It's it's lonely dealing with things that I can't really share with others. Yeah. And uh, so that would be the tip is don't lead alone. I love it. You know, I always end with one this similar question is, you you know, you meet a ton of people, people come mm-hmm. in contact with you and they're all of us. But how do you leave people different and better just by connecting with them? I would say the most impactful thing that um, that I've experienced is helping them see what God sees in a challenge, in an opportunity. As I began to process with the Lord about some challenges that I was facing, um, and he gave me some pretty clear answers. I said, well, how do I do that with the people that you've called me to lead? What do you see that I do? And ultimately, without going into the backstory, it's to help people with their kingdom senses, to really think about what God sees. Like we listen, we read the Bible and we read things like eyes to 
to see and ears to hear and a heart to perceive. Well, those are senses, but those are godly senses or kingdom senses. And oftentimes we'll enter into a situation and we'll be so close-minded to see that in in only the context with that it's in. Yeah. And we don't take the time to say, okay, well, what are some of the other contexts? What are some of the other perspectives or lenses that I can see this issue in? Um, and I feel like my role directly with these guys is to help them see what God sees. Yeah. Because when you see what God sees, he's the author of all things. He's the creator of the universe. He's the guy that that guides everything, right? His plan is going to prevail. So wouldn't it be helpful if when I'm dealing with a challenge, looking to make a decision, that I see what he sees or at least try to? Thank you for joining us this week on I Finally Get It. For more light bulb moments like this, like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Check out the show notes at ifinallygetit.com to learn more about what Kurt's up to now. See you next week when we sit down with Mike Roberts and he shares what he finally got. If you or someone you know wants to share your light bulb moments and help a fellow business owner, reach out to me at jeff at ifinallygetit.com. 